0: Yeah, I'm recording. This is how I normally talk. I'm ready for the day. ladies and germs this is the listening party on cfrc 101.9 fm where we take a look at some of our favorites or least favorite albums
1: yeah, I would say that this is probably the first time we've taken a look at something that we collectively don't like. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, normally our our opinions are, are so varied that, you know, s- someone at least likes part of something that we listen to. Yeah, sometimes yet,
0: sometimes there's a little bit of nuance.
2: Yeah, no nuance this time around, yeah. folks.
1: Should it's, we should we tell them what we're listening to? Yeah,
0: for sure. So. Give All them right, a heads up, So, Steph.
1: we're listening to July Talk's new album this week. Uh, it was released on July 10th. Do you oh. think that they purposely waited to release yeah. it in July? I would have if yeah. I was them. That's
0: fair. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, purposely wait to release it during a pandemic. And I was like, wow, that's some foresight. <laughs> 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 no, what did they know that we don't? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Do we know how long they worked on this album? Has uh, it has So it come I was up saying in to, to Dean,
1: um, they I saw them at Riverfest Allura back in the summer of probably 2018, I want to say. And when I saw them there, they were like, oh, okay, we're going to go work on our new album. Uh, this is our last live show for a little while, which was a lie. But anyway, I'm not right. salty about it. But that was two years ago. That was like almost exactly two years ago. Oh, okay. So that means they've at least been working on this for two years, which, yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: what's yeah. up? Anyway, folks, uh, this new album is called Pray For It. Uh, oh, I did a plosive into the into the mic and it popped. This, uh, this new album is called Pray For It. I did it again. It's not going to stop. This new album is called Pray For It. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, we just listened to it. Uh, it's their third album. They put out an album uh, in 2012. It was their debut self-titled album. Uh, and then in 2016, they put out Touch, which was their second record. Uh, and I don't know, do we want to go into the history of the band first before we dive into this new one? or
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have a lot nicer things to say about their earlier albums. Yeah, that's
2: right. Well, yeah. and that's, I
1: think, why I was so disappointed when I listened to this. So I had suggested we listen to this uh, prior to myself actually listening to the album. Um, and I was really excited because I love July Talk and their past two albums were awesome. You know, I think their first album had this like really raw rock and roll feel without all the bad sides of rock and roll. You know what I mean? What are the bad sides? Well, just like the misogyny <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, rude people and excessively long guitar solos. Yeah. No. Yeah, like those Some things. of those things are worse than others,
2: folks. Yeah, like the guitar solos. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I uh, was listening to their debut album when it came out uh obsessively when i was a kid i loved it uh and especially like i loved how like sort of spiteful and sadistic it was it is like an a little an angry little album and so it takes great delight and joy in how angry and sadistic and spiteful it is uh which is great and um yeah like the the duet uh component of of this band because july talk um you know, besides being a wider band, uh, has the uh, the duet between uh, Peter Dramanis and Leah Fay.
1: Um, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's
2: fantastic because yeah. he's got like this gravelly, like growly, ugly, awful voice, which is cool. Like oh, not yeah, not, not a bad, bad way, ugly. Yeah. yeah, he goes
0: he goes for like this. Um like if Nick Cave and Tom Waits had like a drinking party, exactly. It's <laughs> that's cool. a good analysis. Uh, and then Leah faye has this like you know like light
2: little like cute like fairy voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh
1: yeah, they work she's like this delicate together. little angel, and yeah. he's this just like yeah devilish rough. Yeah.
2: yeah, he is wild.
1: Well, and that's I think something that if once we get more into the like meat of this album, you you just don't get. You know, mm-hmm. like that was their big selling point in the other albums, especially for me because I loved that balance they struck. And with this album, they just do not, they're missing the rough side of it completely. Yeah. Like you don't even hear Peter Germanis's voice come through on most of the songs in the way that you do in the past albums. Yeah.
2: What, what's what's our favorite word that we use all the time to descri- uh, to compare every song? Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. The yeah. juxtaposition <laughs> of their two voices uh. was what <laughs> made the band, sure. Folks. Sure. <laughs>
0: um uh, steph uh, you've said that you've seen them live before yeah right a uh, couple of times the, the pretty much the main thing that i've read about this band uh in researching them is that their live shows were nuts Do you oh wanna, yeah you want to fill us in on that because well, i i have not seen these people in person
1: oh you're missing out well and you probably will never see them the same way ever again if this is the music that they've put out because you know they have just this energy that i have seen unmatched and i've been to a lot of live shows it's embarrassing how many live shows i've been to (laughs) right and you just don't get the same energy like for example i saw july talk tour with metric um about a year ago and july talk was the first band because they weren't like opening for metric but they were kind of opening for metric because there's no doubt that metric has a way longer history bigger following etc
0: everybody's opening for metric <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but then you watch their show and their show ended and you were just on this huge high and then metric came out and you were like this is the most disappointing thing i've ever seen it yeah. do- doesn't even matter if metric had their best show they've ever had but following the kind of energy that july talk brings you just can't do it because you've got the fact that like First off, Leah Fay does not stop moving the whole show. Oh, yeah. Like, she just runs around the stage. That's sick. And, like, she, she I guess, used to be a um, choreographer. That's the word. She used to be a choreographer. That's why, like, a lot of their music videos have these really cool dance elements. Um, but then if when you see her on stage, you can just tell. Like, she she understands how to use the stage, how to use her body on the stage, you know, and then also how to interact with the other band members. And then you also put it into the fact that, like, Peter Germanis is just, like, this rock god on stage. Yeah, Like, he has this certain aura about him that, you know, like, when you see a photo of this guy, you're like, yeah, I guess he's not really super attractive. And then you see him on stage and you're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, you know how they always joke that, like, anybody will sleep with a rock star just because they're a rock star like peter Germanis yeah, is like there's the a epitome that. of that right yeah yeah so like you put those two on stage and then you surround them with these like amazing musicians like they're yeah. a drummer and they're guitarists and like you know they're all so talented and they go
2: so hard they like, go they, so oh hard man. the whole show it's and, like, so loud every and angry
1: time i've seen them it's like that have this you, wasn't just like once deep? in a while I,
2: I did i saw them uh, i'm the God. odd one out here yeah a few yeah. years ago Uh, It was cool. I saw them up uh, in Muskoka someplace. And um, like, again, like Leah was like writhing around on the floor, uh, just like having a ball. They invite people to come dance on stage. There was one couple, they were like an older couple. uh, And the lady proposed to the dude on stage. And Leah started crying because it was so beautiful. And I was and like. And it's also Leah DeFay's
1: yeah. personality to yeah. start crying. Oh, like yeah. That? yeah. No,
2: for sure. <laughs> She's like, oh, the power of love. And I was like, yeah, man, power of love. That's great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What the hell? I had no idea. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I would see these things uh, online, people being like, they're known for their bombastic stage performance. But, like, I don't know. I don't have any prior experience with this band. So I- I'm stoked that you guys have seen them. Uh, yeah definitely
1: if you get the chance i would go check them out i like i said though this album doesn't reflect their live performances so like i i'm very worried about seeing them again in the future because you just don't have that energy behind this album and that's like not that they're not talented musicians in their own right but like the energy is half the fun of going to their live show yeah
2: and like uh and, and i said this already but again like especially with their first album the meanness like there there's not like a hint or a drop of poison in this album in this new album like the first one had like the first one had lyrics like you don't look pretty when you smile so don't smile at all which is just brutal and oh, awesome yeah. that's true uh, that's really like yeah and th- cut like throat. them going back and forth like slinging insults like that and like all the songs are all about like mental illness and like drug use and unhealthy relationships rock and roll stuff yeah rock and roll stuff and how much fun you can have singing about those (laughs) things
0: i am mentally unwell yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's what the songs are like no yeah but Uh, i
1: mean that's like uh, you even look at all the albums we've listened to thus far you know all of them have this kind of like musicians talking about their mental illness and also just being like ah Screw it. Yeah, yeah. Party time. <laughs> like, we're going to get past this. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's you
2: sell records, baby. It. We love it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now, 2016, they put out Touch, which was their second album, which I listened to a lot less than you did, Steph, as far as I know. Uh, so wh- what did you think about that one? Because I thought that one started to lose some of like the grit and the anger that their first record had uh, and started going like m- more political a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard because, you know, we were talking about this beforehand that you started listening to them right when their first album came out, Mm -hmm. whereas I didn't really get into them until after their second album came out. So for me, like when I saw them live, when I would listen to their music and like, I rarely get into a band until I've seen them live. That's just how I am. Right. And so, you know, when I saw them live, they were playing more of their stuff off the second album rather than the first so like there are certain songs on the first album like I was saying to you Guns and Ammunition is probably like my favorite song by July Talk I think it's their best song Mm -hmm. Um, and that one's off the first album but then the second album I definitely connect more with and I think it's it's also just more catchy and like really fun sing-along songs almost oh yeah for sure (laughs) especially
2: to see them live
1: yeah exactly and you know then you also get like i thought it was awesome the song they did with tanya tagak it has such a cool vibe to it Mm. you know and like that's the kind of thing that i love from july talk and then you get you know again into this album um even just like their only featured song is champagne and it's just weird yeah and not in the way like obviously the song they did with tanya tagak beck and call was weird because you can't release music with tanya tagak and not have it be weird exactly but like it was just so well done that you're like, I love this weirdness. Mm -hmm. Whereas like their featured song Champagne here is just, I kind of finished it being like, that was weird, but not in a way that I really connected with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I I felt like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't have a history with this band, but it seemed like an album that a punk band would release after it decided it was going to do only rock ballads. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. Like, they're de- like, I think
2: it's safe to say they are trying to s- sort of break free and escape from, like, what they were sort of shoehorned into yeah. uh, with their uh, 2012 album. Because this, like, could not be further from it.
0: I think, uh, I don't know, we all have experience with following bands for a long time throughout albums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your guys' opinion on it. I find that usually when a band eventually kind of, slows down with their music um in trying to like break from the original sound but like in a way that's kind of more refined and slowing down in a sense calming down i guess you could say um it doesn't have nearly as much of an impact as a band that is like we're gonna try something different and goes like full experimental like just yahoo craziness when you
2: say slowing down and calming down do you mean just like
0: quieter slower music no i i mean like not taking as many risks oh
2: i see so rather than sticking with what they are doing yeah Branching. i agree i feel like uh i have a a unified theory of of band album releases uh i think you put out your first record and it should be fun and quick and dirty uh and then you put out your second record uh and it should be mostly like the first one uh, but you've got like a couple other things that you're doing, like on the B sides. And then by your third record, you need to sound like a different band. Th- this is my oh. theory. Oh, okay. At least like have like some elements, but like it needs to sound different. So in a way they followed that formula that I'm, that I've always laid out in my head as what bands should do. Right. Uh, it just turns out they went in a direction that I did not want, and I want the old stuff back. So <laughs> may, maybe don't listen to me. Maybe I don't. I don't even know what I want. Oh yeah. Folks. Well, then that's I a challenge I like that I face.
1: Um, that I just. I don't like change. So yeah. anytime um. a band strays from what I know them as, and like this is an issue that I know I need to get over. But I like categorizing people in genres, and despite the fact like and i know that like genres are a muddled thing but you know like your own personal mental genres and when i want to listen to a fun rock band i pick july talk
0: okay. and now i
1: can't do that
0: you know uh, right. so
1: like even just the fact that like there's a couple of songs on this album that i do really like and that when i heard them i was like this is great but it doesn't fit into my own mental classification of what july talk is right and so then i struggle with it right and that doesn't like and I think the biggest issue I have with this album is that, like you guys were saying, if it was so different that they took, like, a bunch of really cool risks and, like, changed their sound up enough, then maybe my brain would have then switched them in their classification, and I still could have kept going. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is this album is still similar enough to their sound that, to me, they still fit in the rock category, but not in the way that they used to.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, it just... Uh and you know, uh criticisms like this always come down to like opinion and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this record was sort of like I don't wanna say phoned in, but it it's definitely playing it safer. Uh, so
0: much and except like, for
1: champagne,
2: anyway. You don't, yeah, champagne <laughs> wait,
0: you, you don't wanna say phoned in? I do no, I don't wanna say
2: phoned in because I wa- I don't want to accuse anyone you. of phoning anything in. Some's phoned uh, in. I'm kidding.
0: I honestly have no idea. <laughs> this is my first time listening to a full album of theirs, so I don't have much of an opinion. I'm just excited for your guys'
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like just the the wind has been taken out of the sails a little bit. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well and even just the fact that again, they used to like the reason you listened to July Talk was, like we were saying, that dual voice going on. You've always got really impressive drumming that kind of keeps up the energy. Mm-hmm. And you've got awesome guitar riffs. Like, you can't deny that July Talk, like even if you're not into that style of music, like their guitar riffs that they have, especially like introing their songs and stuff are always so cool and so catchy, mm-hmm. you know, like Almost even bluesy. in, I think I'm thinking of Lola and Joseph where like, it's the catchiest guitar riff, yeah. you know? And this album has none of those three things.
0: it has got some cool guitar solos. Little diddly boys.
1: They're okay. I don't know. They're not as like catchy as their last ones.
0: Uh, I have an opinion on the guitar solos. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to though. You are allowed okay. to have that. <laughs> I Share with the class, please. Well, the, the guitar solos on this album, like the, okay, if you, I'm going to get this out of the way, put it all on the table. Uh, this album, when I was listening to it, based on only knowing the singles that they had released previously, like I said, I hadn't sat down and listened to one of their albums. Um, only knowing the singles, I was like, like it was as if they released a demo that was from before they released their first album. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, exactly. It sounded like a group that hadn't found their sound yet. If that makes any sense. Like if you change the chronological order, like if you, if you put this as a release that was like recorded in 2011, uh, before their first album, then it it kind of makes sense because yeah. it, it it's got the sound of like you know, it wasn't as it it doesn't
2: have like a cohesive yeah that, that's sound or idea
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: it does like and of, of course you need variety uh, but it does sort of sound a little I don't want to say all over the place I think I keep saying the things that I don't want the say.
0: the word I would use is reductive. It's, it's it's reductive. Okay. In the sense where it took this really interesting concept of their previous singles that I was familiar with uh, and kind of just like crushed them down into very little, um, which sometimes can be really cool, streamlined, stripped down, whatever. And then other times uh, it ends up just kind of falling flat and you end up missing the other stuff all right I want to clarify first my feelings about this album are completely opinionated (laughs) I did not try to come in here talking about this album on an objective level because I feel like objectively it's a fine album and I feel like they're all very good musicians and you could tell the whole entire time but it was the feeling and the expectations that I kind of focused on because that was my immediate thought as well, soon as sure. I put the album well, on.
1: Well, I mean, that's the whole point of this this yeah. show, right? That we have.
0: So yeah. yeah. I, just I, want, I hope
1: that oh. nobody's tuning into this, getting all upset because this is your favorite thing that's ever come out by July Talk because yeah. you're valid in your opinion. Like say. there's definitely merits to it. I think... And you know you came into it with certain expectations, but like Definitely. then you throw like me and Dean into the mix, who were previously massive fans of yeah. them, and it's just like yeah. throwing this we're, in. We're coming just, from know, a
2: place of love, folks. Yeah, of
0: we don't want to lose
1: our <laughs> 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 we don't want to lose our band. Yeah.
0: Exactly. yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't. It was almost more disappointing that it wasn't as much of a downside as it could have been like it was just in the middle yeah. where it's like it's just not what i wanted it's not terrible though like it's oh, yeah. not horrendous well mm-hmm. and that's
1: why too like coming in today i i said you know before you got here i said to dean i was like i don't know if i like this album and i feel terrible about it because yeah. you know how do you sit and talk on the radio about a band you love but you just don't love it yeah this? it just doesn't
2: click with you yeah. yeah
0: yeah and then and then give it 10 years and we're going to get Tons of hate emails. Oh yeah! Haha, told you so. This was the greatest album of the year.
1: Honestly, though, like that wouldn't be a huge shock right now.
0: No, that's what I mean. It's it's (laughs) it's one of those things where uh, I remember when The Strokes released new music, and whenever they've released new music, every single time I'm like, this is trash. And then three years later, I'm putting it on and saying, Oh yeah, Yeah. that's a classic. (laughs) I don't know if that's gonna happen with this album, but I'm just saying, sometimes you need to give it time.
1: There there was even stuff though that when I listened to this album the first time through I was like, Ugh, hate this and yeah. then the second time I listened to it through I was like, Okay, I actually love these couple of songs. Sure. You yeah. know, so I think there's definitely and maybe too if we have because every other album we've talked about has been stuff that we've had time to digest a bit more. Yeah. Whereas this one was literally released, like, what, a week and a half ago? Yeah. So I we haven't not heard had, this anywhere yeah. else. No, I hadn't. I'd heard a couple of the singles, but I didn't even listen to it until, like, yesterday.
2: Yeah. No, like, I... Even, like, the Mountain Goats, which, as folks, uh, listeners of the show know, is my favorite band. <laughs> uh, they'll put out something new, uh, and I'll be like... Oh man, like he's really lost it this time around. Like this is just like boring, and you know it doesn't really inspire me at all. And then I listen to it like seven more times straight in a row that day, and I'm like, no, he's a he's. This is a heartbreaking work of st- staggering genius. <laughs> Actually, but
0: he's a mastermind. He is, yeah. <laughs> but
2: uh, folks, I'd also be remiss uh, if I did not uh, mention uh, this album, uh, as we mention it in every episode, uh, but. Uh, Peter and Leah actually met uh, at a bar in Toronto called The Communist Daughter folks aeroplane another another an- another little hint ah. in a, in the listening party cinematic universe that's true. that i'm constructing
1: we can never talk about aeroplane
2: <laughs> it'll be our last no, episode no. ever will be yeah. aeroplane. you know
0: what i guarantee you episode 100 of the listening party is gonna be a review of aeroplane yeah yeah
2: this is like uh again it's like uh hinting at the the return of thanos yeah. uh <laughs> okay. in the Avengers you
1: guys are gonna hate me but i actually like don't know what this is is what you guys always talk about this like album oh and i actually have
0: like it's not an album it's a it's It's an obelisk (laughs) that fell from the sky actually (laughs) okay it's like the dead sea scrolls it's like 2001 a space odyssey and we're just the monkeys beating each other up around the stone
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, w- one week we will listen to that album, and you- oh, but I'm not going to give you like any like, more. So yeah, you don't get to, what to know. It I think
0: that about I
1: should it. wait to listen to it yeah. until right before we talk about it, so that I can have this fresh perspective. Totally, you're going
0: to yeah. come that, in that and is you're going to be like, "This is seriously the album you've been talking about for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is what you chose." <laughs>
1: All right. I think we should move on to talk about some of the songs. Yeah. Um, because I, I think agree. we've spent a lot of time tearing apart the album as a whole, and we should maybe get Tear more it specific. Tear it apart individually. So <laughs> I may be bold in saying this, but I think that we should start with champagne. I no. agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> First rule of Imparov: shut everyone down. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree too, because that's, that's one that champagne. left a taste in my mouth.
2: Champagne is just a sip. Just a sip uh, We're just gonna have A little a little sip Of the criticism here Of the criticism juice uh, I don't know Why this is on the album
1: It makes no sense It doesn't sense. make
2: any sense What do you mean? uh like do, does does champagne connect to anything else <laughs>
0: you're act you're asking me as if i didn't prompt him to include the audience <laughs> 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 like chance you don't understand <laughs> like i get it but like explain a bit what why doesn't champagne fit uh
2: like champagne uh for those not in the know uh is a song about like allyship i guess was it or- about something yeah i oh, think it was
1: july talk it's always about something. yeah uh
2: but um it's sort of about uh well not sort of they're pretty explicit um it's about uh how white people need to listen to black people's experiences and not just sort of imagine or project uh what they think those experiences are which is a, lo- a- what oh no maybe this is what the album's about Maybe the album is all about imagining other people and how we succeed and fail in doing so. Uh Uh We're doing that right now. Oh, God, we're imagining them and what they thought this album was about. And in in doing so, we are creating uh, a persona
0: of them that does not exist Uh but it's just our own fabrication are we gonna
1: love this album by the end
2: of this chat we
0: may have to dean's head's actually imploding in front of us (laughs) yeah
2: i'm doing beautiful mind (laughs) equations on the chalkboard behind me uh yeah but uh it's about uh like the the verse that i really liked um is let me find it here sorry um don't tell me about the books you've read and the pages you fold. Don't tell me about the colors you claim and the friends you hold. So, like, classic, like, white people, like, oh, I have a black friend and I read white fragility, so, like, I think I'm not racist for sure. Right. Um, And, uh... Who are the featured artists on uh, this record or James this James Bailey
1: and Kyla Charter.
2: Yeah, so uh, they have James Bailey and Kyla Charter uh, come in as well as a like gospel tra- choir uh, to sort of sing like call and response.
1: Which I wasn't sure though. I was saying to you earlier, and we were not positive on this if that was a sample or if that was recorded specifically for this song. Yeah, I, because I if it was a sample, it makes a little more sense. I no. I think
2: it was recorded for the song. Yeah, I think it was recorded yeah. for the song. At least like I feel like um I don't know. I looked it up and I couldn't find anything about it being a sample. So anyway, folks. Uh yeah, so this song is about like allyship and like race relations champagne uh, socialism and champagne socialism although it doesn't really bring up socialism besides the champagne title yeah, but it's uh, yeah that's literally <laughs>
0: yeah. A, yeah yeah well yeah no, no no oh and the fun play on words yes
2: okay so do you want to walk uh, them through this because i might start screaming uh if i walk them through it
0: uh <laughs> i would just read it to you but since it's a play on words it, it wouldn't really make sense um uh let me pull it up here So the whole song mentions champagne, as we all know, Uh, but it also uses champagne and splits it up into two words. Mm -hmm. One of them being sham, and the other one being pain. Yeah. So,
2: so again, like (laughs) champagne.
1: Laughing right now. Oh my god! Just just for the listeners, he's like dying. Champagne throughout
2: this song is used as like a metaphor for privilege, uh, for the people who can discuss. Uh, issues of race or poverty or what have you and sip champagne at the same time Classic
1: yeah, for, for a fan of sparkling beverages like myself i just thought it was about champagne
2: oh,
0: i'm just kidding but <laughs> 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 the, bubbly. the bubbly
2: but uh so you have like this this uh, metaphor about privilege uh and uh, from the perspective of uh you know uh, disenfranchised, uh, underprivileged voice saying, Don't tell me about my pain over champagne. Allow me to explain my sham pain. What? My fake, my, my fake pain? My, my fake my, pain. My, my pain that is a sham? Yeah, or is, as
0: in they're um, th- in a privileged position and they have critiques on the system. Their pain isn't the same as the pain of others.
1: Yeah, but they're saying if it's a sham, yeah, but it's also Faith. very confusing because, like, if they're singing from the first person, then that's like, okay, well, like both Leah Faye and Peter Germanis are are white. Yeah, but
0: yeah, this is the, the white rest
1: of the song. Doesn't like it doesn't fit yeah, in as I just, like first I do, person. No,
0: this is the white guilt track of the century. Yeah.
2: yeah, but also like the the featured artists are also singing the chorus with them. Uh, s- yeah. so i don't know like whose voice is speaking at any given time you know
0: what it reminds me of this is um terribly rude and mm. i would never say this to their face but you know what it reminds so me I of I hope uh,
1: they're not listening what uh, uh-huh.
0: was uh. it, it um those kind of like anagrams or whatever that people would make in high school where it's like he loves her and then you take out certain words and it's like he lied. <laughs> Do you remember these? Yeah. Am I? I'm not. I'm not the only Are one. Are you who like remembers sharpie this. out? There? Yeah. 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 yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is cruel. <laughs> but that's what uh, that line of thought. Like, It, yeah, it no. sounds like someone heard the word champagne and they were like, "Wait, that
2: sounds like a couple other words I know." And then they write it down. They're like, "That's deep." Terribly.
0: Not super clever. Um, which is okay. It, not everything has to be like mind blowingly genius. Yeah. But I think when the emphasis is on that, it starts to lose its merit. Or when, when you, you hinge hear it, your whole song on that. When you hear it multiple times, yeah. it mm-hmm. comes back around and yeah. that is the whole purpose. Like
2: that's exactly what I thought. Like, if this was if that rhyme or that wordplay was in like a rap song, uh yeah. and you he just like Uh, whoever just like raps through that very quickly and 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 then you're
0: like okay that's sort of clever but you're already on to the next thing and the purpose of that is the rhyming exactly this this is to tell a story yeah and and it ends up taking it from a level of seriousness which is what the topics are about to kind of like this very elementary space Mm -hmm. mm-hmm what is it Uh, I'm 14 and this is very deep exactly
1: well, and like as I was saying before as well, um, and I think like this can take on multiple different reasons, but I think that this song, if it was featured on an EP with a couple more songs that sounded like it, or like, you know, a partnership with James Bailey and Kyla Charter where they created a small EP of a couple of songs, first, yeah. I think that would help it along in the sense that it wouldn't be sitting on its own so much. Because if it's it not was an extra track. Yeah, on like if else. someone mm-hmm. just played this for me and I had never heard anything else by July Talk, I would probably listen to it and be like, "Yeah, you know what? Like that's that's fairly catchy. I I'm enjoying this." Um, but because it exists right smack in the middle, like it's song six. Yeah, yeah,
2: out of ten. Oh yeah, and you know? it's the only song on the album to have featured artists. It's the yeah. only one with a gospel
0: choir. You yeah, know and you it know, just know what? Does not fit. Six out of ten means too, right? It's what? like that means if you uh, pick it up on record, that's the first track on the second side. Yeah. Oh, true. A- as soon yeah. as you flip the album over, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, good thing but or bad thing. Like some people might say that's a reason for why it is the way it is. But yeah. at the same time, it's like that's not what I would want on my...
1: Oh, yeah. but I On think your B-side. The on my second B side. reason, though, I think that this would exist better as an EP is that I feel like you put less weight on an EP. So if, like, someone had come out with this on an EP and, you know, they made their champagne champagne reference, um, (laughs) you could kind of blow over. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, like, you could kind of get past it a little bit more. But because this is on a full-length album from a well-respected band. Yeah, this made the cut. Like, this came out four years after their last album. Yeah. You know, and like at least two years after they publicly stated that they were going to start working on this album, you expect just a little bit more, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this made the cut. In the studio, they sat around and they talked about this. Yeah. And they were like, "Hmm, where should this go on the album? But Um, it's
1: still, it's still, and I want to clarify that like I still enjoyed this song as a standalone song because I don't care about lyrics. (laughs) you know it was like it was catchy there was some good elements to it i did like the fact that they took a little bit of a risk on it but i would have liked to see that more throughout the rest of the album yeah
0: or even just in that song i felt i felt like the risk was uh what did they say a calculated risk yeah Mm -hmm. and it was very much on the shoulders of the features it didn't go as far as i was hoping like i heard the intro and i was like this is weird um but then eventually as you get through the rest of the song, it stops becoming something interesting, weird and starts just becoming more something out of place. Strange. Yeah. Right. Um, at least, at least for me, like it it wasn't, wasn't anything to write home about, but it certainly stood out on the album.
2: But it is something <laughs> to podcast home about. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not going to talk about that one, but right now in the recording studio, I'll talk about that one. <laughs> exactly.
1: Can we talk about the best song on the album?
0: do oh Ooh, do i, I would like to know what the best song i don't on think we have is. a
1: consensus dean and i already argued about this before yeah. you got in oh no um okay. i think that the best song on the album is actually the song right before champagne which is pay for it
2: you think that's right the best song that on was on the, the lead single i think right yeah yeah
1: so uh, i thought that that was the best song because to me this encompassed the most similar elements from their past albums into this one song so it definitely it it was a ballad but it was obviously a ballad whereas I feel like the rest of these songs are super slowed down from their regular work but it's not quite a ballad so you're just kind of like wanting it to speed up and get better (laughs) whereas this song was definitely like it's slower Leah Faye has a beautiful voice in it But then it's also mixed with this really distorted guitar sound that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, when I was listening to it, it really reminded me of the kind of stuff that you got in like the Beatles later work when it came to like Revolution where you get that, like, the really nice vocal going on, but then, like, this really distorted, grungy guitar sound. Right, right. And I'm not trying to say that this is as good as the music that was released by the Beatles. I'm just saying that's what I thought of when I heard it.
3: Yeah,
0: it made you think of, like, the psychedelia rock blend.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I thought that it was quite good. I, I think that when when I was listening to this album, I was mostly looking for something that reminded me of old july talk and that was as close as it got
2: yeah like this the whole album in general but like this song in particular reminded me a lot of uh the 2017 national record sleep well beast uh in that that is when the national started uh like playing around with uh a little bit grungier instrumentation especially uh on their lead single um And then also adding like sort of electronic distorted sounds into the soundscape, which is almost exactly what you get with pay for it here, uh, which was interesting. But yeah, I uh, actually found uh, an interview uh, that Leah Faye did about this track um, where she said, uh, quote, I wrote pay for it after witnessing a group of men violently attack some of my friends at a fast food restaurant one late summer night. I just found myself asking uh, what had happened in their lives that caused them to normalize this type of behavior. Even though we'd likely never see each other again, I figured they probably needed my love more than they needed my hate, uh, is the quote. So this song is very uh, uh, sort of turn the other cheek. Like, oh yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, someone's got to pay for it, folks. Uh, and, you know, we're going to meditate uh, on, you know, the paying for it that we have to do post-violent act. It's also very Hobbesian. It's very, uh, what's the lyric? Um, Short and brutish. Yeah, hard to break those ancient habits, Uh, hard to kill them. So like, yeah, human beings are just like destined to be like ugly and horrible to each other. which you know, that's a little. It's a little sad. Yeah. It's a little depressing. But, but I, I
1: do like these lyrics though too, because they kind of are similar enough to like what you expect from the original July Talk. Like they aren't. They aren't poetic, beautiful, high level lyrics. No. But they, you know, what they're talking about. Yeah, they're, they're, they're telling you this story you connect with it, you feel with it yeah um and then you get to just like leave it you know yeah it's,
2: it's it in a lot of ways it is sort of like an older July talks song slowed down because it does have like th- those short sentences very punchy statements mm-hmm. uh, but rather than just going boom 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 them saying all these things and then jumping into like a guitar solo maybe my uh, perception
0: you, is wrong but i I yeah. feel like I feel like um like they think highly of the the lyricism is that not true
1: i don't know if they do i think like
0: i feel like the lyrics take center
2: stage center stage in a lot of their songs especially this one
1: well and i think though up until i heard champagne i would have said that no they don't take themselves like their lyrics to like they don't hold themselves on a high pedestal on that fact. Right. But like, you know, like we were just talking about with champagne, like they have these funny word plays that you're like, are you, are you serious? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. It makes you, it makes you wonder because like in my head, I have this feeling that they're being very sincere and very serious, more, more serious than sincere about what they're saying. And they think that these are very kind of clever ways to get them across. Um, but then it makes it so that the possibility for that humor is kind of lost. You yeah, know what that's I mean? True. It's like when someone, you know, tells you a joke straight faced, you're not immediately going to laugh because you're just like, oh, you're not joking. <laughs> um yeah. what were you saying about the guitar solo there, Dean, before I rudely interrupted.
2: Yeah. Well, I was just saying, um, like this song is like older uh, July Talk songs in that they have like those short, punchy uh, lines and lyrics. Uh, well in an older July talk song, they would just sort of like quickly race through those uh, and hit you with all these images and all these ideas very quickly uh, and then jump into uh, like a fun guitar solo or something. Well this song does have like those short punchy lyrics and ideas, but each after each line you sort of sit and you sit with it and it's slower and quieter and much more like meditative on the lyricism of the song right right
1: yeah i think though on the note of you know the lyrics taking center stage on this um it definitely does but i think that i still wouldn't uh i just ignored everything dean said because i'm obsessing over the fact that (laughs) like you don't think like you think they take themselves a bit too seriously with their lyrics because i really don't think they do because i think that and again, maybe the, something changed on this album, but in the past, like their lyrics have been fine. You know, there's not any part of their lyrics where I'm like, come on, guys, like that's dumb.
0: A little cringe. You posted yeah. cringe there. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> are going to lose
2: subscriber.
1: They're still filling in with this rock and roll genre, right? Where like most rock and roll songs don't have these high-level advanced lyrics. No. And I would say that, like, they're still on par, if not better, than a lot of the, like, classic rock we would normally attribute to music that's, like, typically made like this. Right. And maybe I'm just being protective because I really like these guys, and I'm already upset that this album didn't work out for me. Hey, there's nothing <laughs> wrong
0: with being a little protective. It's okay to have a place in your heart for certain things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I just, like it's probably just champagne that did it for me. But even the other tracks, like just looking at what's being said and stuff like that. Like, like I said, I totally understand what they're saying and why they're saying it, especially at this time. But at the same time, it's how they're saying it. That makes me think that what they think they're saying is incredibly important. um, And, and very clever without, yeah. but that's just because I have, this is my first introduction like this is what i'm given right and then i look at it and i'm like wow this is like is there any i didn't pick up on a a lick of humor throughout the whole album
1: oh there's definitely not yeah and then and then you
0: get stuff like champagne champagne realize 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 (laughs) and i'm like morphe's (laughs) porphy oh
2: man
1: spiritual well, lyrical miracle and that might even go back to my feelings on and like i don't want to dive too deep into this because we could like tread water into very very questionable territory but every single time that they open up their show yeah. leah faye comes out and does a land acknowledgement she welcomes ladies gentlemen And then goes on a very long list, including non-binary, non-gender conforming. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly all that she says, and I don't want to put words in her mouth. Um, And the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, good for you. You know, like this big rock band is coming up in front of thousands of people, because I think I was at a big show the first time I saw them, and making a very big statement on this side, right? Yeah. And then the second time I heard it, It was the exact same. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so you have a script you follow. Yeah. And I think we can kind of like tie that sincerity as well, you know? And like, not that I want to say there's anything wrong with, you know, her coming out and saying that because, you know, regardless, like it's a new crowd every time, whatever. And it's still good to kind of like come out and you're starting your show saying, hey guys, just so you know, like this is what we believe and we're not hiding away from it deal with it you Mm. know um whether or not that that's like the like what they're thinking and the motive behind what they're saying but you know i think then like yeah when you talk about like they their lyrics i'll make them seem like they they're it's really important what they're saying and like that's kind of the same vibe and like their music almost makes it sound i don't want to say performative because like again you know july talk isn't necessarily performative in the fact that like they actually put actions towards like they are they work with a lot of organizations they do a lot of charity work they give a lot of money etc but their music itself yeah like it's kind of like it treads this weird line between like
0: it's a it's a um if you don't mind me interrupting it's like it's like it's it's a serious teaching lesson right yeah like they're they're taking the role of the teacher yeah um I was actually going to ask Dean a question about that. Um, and I can't remember what it was. And I'm Safe really again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just blanked. Oh, so you were talking about, uh, both of you guys actually, I mean you guys were talking about like kind of the back and forth insult, I, I would say cheeky nature mm-hmm. of the first two albums. Oh, for sure. I didn't pick up on any of that in this album. No, no,
1: not even a little
0: bit. No, not.
2: yeah. And like, uh, they even highlighted in the second record uh, with a lot of their songs. So that duet element was sort of emphasized in uh, their last record touch because a lot of the songs were like Beck and Call, Johnny and Mary, Lola and Joseph. So I, I noticed that. yeah, like, like I haven't even like heard they really songs, play up but... the sort of like the duality uh in their band yeah and uh, and
1: while you were fixing the little mic issue we just had i i showed chancellor like the one song lola and joseph because that's one of my favorite songs but i think that also like highlights that so well Mm -hmm. you know and we were just talking about the fact too that like going back to that like element of cheekiness like this song is about consent that's like a very heavy topic but they still managed to like talk about it in a way in lola and joseph where like you're jamming along you're singing Mm. along you know but yeah and then you're still getting the message across
2: and it's packaged within a narrative and within characters yeah as opposed to them sort of preaching yeah and saying like this is what we think about this issue
0: one of the one of the things that that reminds me of and and i don't think it's necessarily on that level just because i have such high praise for this song um hey Ya" by outcast Is the same thing where it's like this vessel that has so much within it um, that upon first listening, you're like, whoa, this is a banger. And you're just having a blast. (laughs) And you're like, I got to sing along parts. This is great. And if you like sit down and actually understand what it's about, he's literally calling you out for having that first reaction. Like the whole song is about like, you're not even listening to me. You're just dancing. You're just singing, whatever. Like he literally says that in the song. Right. And I think it's the same way with what you just showed me with that track is like, you know, this sounds like a, like a cheeky back and forth guy, girl, like sauciness. Mm -hmm. And really it's about consent and what's okay. Um, And like, there's a way to like package that and give it to people where on face value, it's one thing. But if you dig a little deeper, it's another. I love tracks like
2: that. Yeah. Especially
0: like fun party
2: tracks, like you were saying.
0: Yeah. Whereas this, it's like, like this whole album is, is less of the package. And more just like a deconstructed message. Yeah, the uncut stuff. Yeah, where it's like, I just need, I gotta get this off my chest. And um, it comes off as almost a little, like, correct me if you don't feel this way. Um, It comes off as a little less creative.
2: It's a little gratuitous, I would say.
0: It kind of becomes more like, you know, your buddy who tells you something, and then you go, oh yeah, you told me that before. And then they go, yeah, but did you hear and then they continue and say it again?
2: Yeah, could you imagine uh, like having a friend who always brings up like certain things all the time and always like circles back to like certain bands or yeah yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. That would suck. Well,
1: especially when it's the Mountain Goats. Yeah, oh yeah.
0: my yeah. god. Yeah. Homie, oh my god. <laughs> you guys want to take a look at my status card again? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jesus Christ But but yeah
0: It's (laughs) (laughs) It's okay It's okay Dean Dean.
2: That was so much funnier than my (laughs) (laughs) Okay I'm good (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah But yeah I feel like um, Sometimes the packaging is the most fun part Hey by Outcast is an incredible example Like you don't even have to get into that song At all And you can just have a blast and that's okay and yeah. i'm pretty sure e- even the members of uh elkans have come and said they're like yeah it's fine if you don't get it like if you yeah. didn't look into it that was the point right um, yeah
1: well and i think too there's something to be said about um you know not that i never want this to come across like well the way you're talking about this is not good. Yeah, You know, yeah. like, that's not how you should be sharing your message. No, yeah, because but you can do it in any way. Oh, exactly. But there is something to be said about the effectiveness of sharing a really strong message when it's packaged like Lola and Joseph. Right. Or like, Heya, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it, it permeates different levels of society so effectively yeah. without... and And people don't get their guard up as much right so like for example you know you you show up to someone and you're like we need to have a conversation about consent Mm -hmm. they might have you know the response of well what do you mean yeah like i don't need to talk about that whereas if it's like hey all these rock musicians are having these songs about consent you're all of a sudden like oh i'm jamming out and you're like cool and like it's permeating your brain without being like a flash in your face right
0: yeah like i can imagine um like we were talking about it earlier and i don't always like this analogy of like playing it for your friends um because i feel like a lot of music should be just personal yeah but sometimes there is times where you play stuff for your buddies and like if you put something on that's just sometimes more accessible with a deeper meaning it's a lot more of a shareable moment with other people in comparison to something that has even a shallow meaning that isn't necessarily as easy of a pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think with their previous stuff being so creative in the sense of the delivery, I think it's kind of, uh, like a, an injustice (laughs) for lack of a better word. Um, for like the message to be delivered in more of a rudimentary way mm-hmm. because they've shown that they can do it in different ways yeah and they sure. showed that they have right i think I, like i said if this was if this was the first album If this was the first thing ever released by them, it would be a completely different story. I feel like we would have a completely different conversation about this. Well,
1: and I probably wouldn't have come into it with such, like, personal feelings about their prior stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think, like, this is... And you got to feel sympathetic towards, like, people, like, in July talk and any other musician that tries to, like, do something different. Because they've got all of us, like, you know crappy fans who are like no, no don't change i like you before <laughs> yeah
0: well even if they did it differently but like showed that they still have that creative edge
1: mm-hmm.
0: like there's different ways to do it there's different ways to be different <laughs> <laughs> yeah be different That's in the ways that away. we want you to be yeah, different. Exactly. i want yeah. you to be as different as i will lay out here in my 28 point uh bullet form
2: that's right. In our two-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Better right, be taking you, notes.
1: do you want to tell us about your favorite song?
2: My favorite song uh, on, on the same uh, vein that we were just discussing about the duets is Friend of Mine, because as far as I understand, is the only like really true duet style song on this record. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is an, an interesting one. Uh, Because it does bring back, uh, not so much in the sound, but in the subject matter um, of this song, a bit of that grit uh, and a bit of that sort of like ugliness that they used to play with. Um, There's lyrics about uh, like having a mom who's addicted to gambling uh, and just sort of being isolated and alone. uh, But having uh, this, this not even romance, because the song is called Friend of Mine. Uh, which sort of implies like uh, a platonicness or even if, if it is romantic, like uh, the actual just having someone there with you is what is important. Having a friend uh, is the thing that they focus on. But yeah, it's a, I think it's like a sweet little song about, uh, you know, being in a rough situation or, or like, um, you know, an uncertain time in your life. <coughs> And having someone there with you uh, to to be underwater with, as they say, uh, it's it's sweet, and I, I really enjoyed it. It also sounds a, a bit different from the rest of the tracks. Yeah, do you uh, want to hear the album. reason
1: I don't like it? Why is that? It sounds like they're trying to be surf rock.
2: It is. It's got a little surf rocky, Ooh. almost like yeah. folksy too. They have like a washboard uh, in the background. Oh, yeah, no. it's weird. But uh, I mean, I
1: must say, I didn't actually even look at the lyrics until you were just talking about them. So like, I, I like it a little bit better now that yeah, you said no, that. But it's, it's cool. I think from like the sound standpoint, this one, and I think I might be wrong, but uh, good enough was the other one. Both of them kind of had that bit of like a surf rock vibe, which mm-hmm. is just nothing I've ever heard from July it, it was a weird direction, but and I did. And it doesn't work with the rest of their sound And I feel bad saying that, but I'm a huge fan of surf rock and uh, they just like were like halfway there, but not quite there. And it just didn't vibe for me. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. I, um, I'm just so caught up on the lyrics. For for which one? Friend of mine? Even friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. It it just like, I feel bad because I couldn't do better. Like there's no way I could do better. But then, oh, I Oh,
1: none of us could, yeah, like, like we sit here and critique albums as if we could do anything hell, I was in
0: a band where I didn't actually write lyrics, I just sang, and what was recorded, I would have to remember later on, like I'm so bad at this kind of thing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like for some reason, there's like this taste in my mouth where i'm I'm looking at this song and 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 I'm reading through it again and and I think I like the message, but like there's something about like the words used, like it seems very, um, they really like one or two syllable words and there's nothing wrong with that. That's really easy to work with.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, and this is something that I've experienced with like pretty much every band that I I even liked and researched for this show, uh, is when you are reading the lyrics just flat out on a page, they it's not the same no like just reading dry lyrics is completely flat and anything that you read is going to sound uh sort of forced and hokey
0: let's i'll show you what how my brain is reading it right Mm -hmm. cities without seasons never see the summer fall we like to stay north of it all and i'm like that's kind of that's kind of tra- chat that's trash, bro. <laughs> but then the music obviously adds a lot more to it. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, and I I like those lines. I like no,
0: and and it's it's honestly I think that's the interesting part. Is okay, so if you want to know the, to our listeners out there, there's we have three different ways. I'm pretty sure of how we listen to music. If if I can say that, probably uh-huh. I'm pretty sure Dean listens to it usually with the lyrics in mind. Yeah. I listen to it usually, mostly sonically, but with some lyrics in mind. Usually, regarding like the chorus and some verses. Mm-hmm. You're mostly sonically, right, Steph? Yeah. And well, so, and I think
1: also like on top of that, I I look for the whole flow of the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You're you're more on the like emotional scale level, yeah. where it's like, how is this making me? Are feel? you
1: calling the only woman in the room emotional?
0: Uh oh. <laughs> Uh
1: I'm kidding.
3: Oh.
2: I'm kidding. Can, <laughs> no, keep that in. Wait that's that's staying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you are
1: right. I I do admit I'm a very big empath. So, but
0: it's the same yeah. thing for me. Like I, I I don't know. The feel of an album is hugely a part of it. Like 100. For sure. But then, well, and I
1: mean that's the whole reason we wanted to do the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the album. Internal. Yeah.
0: And then, but then I I like. As soon as, like you said, like as soon as you pick apart the lyrics, it it doesn't add up nearly as much as uh, as like the song or the album as a whole. Like Mm. if you if you're just looking at very particular things. So maybe I am. I'm just going way too hard. I'm looking at this on the micro level now. And it's like, (laughs) what's the point? Like. I already came to my opinion. <laughs> this isn't well, helping. Yeah, think, don't though, think any like, harder. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, it's too bad that you weren't with us on the Nirvana episode that we did last week as well. Though, oh, I because, would have
0: loved to have been there.
1: But I think like, well, I don't know what you mean by that. But I think that comparing the lyrics in Nirvana to the lyrics here, I get that kirk cobain was considered a very impressive songwriter but (laughs) like (laughs) to me the lyrics don't add up in nirvana yet we like hold them to such a high standard and like i didn't listen to any part of that album and go wow these lyrics are really speaking to me whereas and maybe it's because i have a pea brain but like (laughs) this to like to me the july talk lyrics even in this album and as i've said like i don't hold this whole album to a very high standard but I still appreciate the lyrics in this a lot more than I would in like the Nirvana albums.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Like (laughs) I honestly, I wish I was there because like I have such a weird back and forth with Nirvana in the sense where it's like, and I feel like you can do it with a lot of bands where you're kind of just like, I love it to death, but I also know it's not very good. (laughs) I would never say that this is great, but I also love it to death. Um it's what it, my parents say about me. <laughs> I feel like I'm having that problem with this album where I'm like I don't really like it, but I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't really like it. Yeah. 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 But I
1: would still probably throw on a couple of these songs, you know.
0: Uh like what? Yeah, what would, what what would be your like second fave?
1: My second fave? I would say I have a really hard time because I liked The News and I also like Governess Shadow, but I have issues with both of them again. Mm-hmm. So Ooh.
0: Let's do a dig. So
1: both of these songs I found, again, have a little bit more of that rock element. So when I was listening through, obviously when we do this, I listen to the record from front to back. I don't shuffle it or anything. So when we got down towards the news, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, maybe like the rest of the album is going to be like the old July talk that I love, you know, maybe we're going to get a hint more of that. And so you have the news, you have Governor's Shadow, um and then they bring you back to see it through and it's just not the same and it's just still sacred um but i like they they've kind of got more of that like distorted guitar sound again in it um governess shadow has a bit more of like the two voices going on in it but there's something about governess shadow that's just like a little annoying to me i think it's like part of the course um that just kind of grates on me a little bit
2: the silence silence and kindness yeah over and over again yeah yeah
1: um but i still i would put those on i don't know if i would like in certain scenarios like i'd maybe throw those on like my gym playlists where i want that like in your face music but i don't want to like get too caught up paying attention to it you know
0: mm. yeah yeah um i feel like the rhythms throughout the whole album have, are okay like uh not in comparison to their earlier stuff where it's like super driving constantly yeah. but i feel like um as a whole like You know, you got some movement in here every once in a while. And I felt like these two tracks were up there in kind of like the more energy compared to the rest of the album. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why I got so excited.
3: Yeah, Right, (laughs) right.
0: Your your hopes went up. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think. There was one track that, uh, and and maybe you guys could fill me in or maybe we could just have a quick look. Um, There was one track that had like a synth in it. Uh, that was really wonky and reminiscent of, like, Neon Indian, um, if you guys Was remember. that the first track? Was it the first identical track? Identical Love? It that might was have... the synthiest yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I... so Identical. I liked that um, only for the sounds used. <laughs> like, uh, it reminded me a lot of, like, Neon Indian was the other one, Grizzly Bear. Um, uh, just those kinds of, like, power pop synth rock bands right um and i always like that stuff and then and then it kind of goes from that and kind of devolves over time a little bit into more or rather less of the spacious sounding instrumentation and more into very like basic instrumentation Mm -hmm. sonically um in case you weren't aware. (laughs) that i'm talking about music
1: (laughs) well and i think though too if um if they had kind of kept up that really cool synth vibe uh Uh, throughout the rest of the album yeah that would have been cool i would have been more into it you know because i think like the way they kind of slowed down the first track um and kind of brought about more of that dance vibe to it Mm -hmm. um it wasn't like the dance vibe was there but it wasn't like like it wasn't something you'd throw on at a club by any means no
0: it's not like four to the floor yeah yeah you know big banger hits
1: exactly um but if they had kind of like kept that going throughout the rest of their album i would have liked it a bit more
0: yeah it was it was a cool start yeah like i don't know i i i remember listening to it and i was like oh sweet like this is gonna get really interesting i genuinely believe i think that's my favorite track on the album yeah, is, is that first one? Yeah, no, uh, I I do enjoy. it, Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It got me, it got me real hyped. And especially
2: uh, they have that like little brass interlude at the end. Yeah, little, little Chuck Mangione action yeah. for you. <laughs> we love that.
0: Hit me with that Chuck Mangione again.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> yeah i would even say like maybe this is going too far but i would even say that peter especially like in the opening of identical love is almost going for like a lettered leonard cohen style thing oh yeah is that going too far i could or? hear that yeah
1: and i don't know if we're just saying that though because like leonard cohen also had that very like grimy grungy yeah. Yeah. voice especially in his later work um like the stuff that he released just before he passed was like very like low rumbly voice right yeah mm.
0: Um, I was going to say I always think of um, Nick Cave when I hear his voice mm -hmm. and and not in the not in the sound wise but more so just in like the inflections used and kind of like the monotone nature of it like I just think of um, right red hand whenever I hear his voice Mm -hmm. singing and I think I felt that way with the intro too and and like I said it kind of got me stoked Mm -hmm. I was like ooh yeah like the next track is going to be an absolute banger um and and i think that's a really good way to set up an album like oh, for sure of all the ways to do it that is the way to do it just like this slow crescendo into something bigger
1: yeah right? no i agree i really did appreciate that um i think one thing though and i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this but like based on our conversation it sounds like their singles that they released prior to this were the ones that that are like they're the best songs on the album yes which you know identical love um pay for it and governor's shadow were the three singles that they released prior right, right. um and okay i like I, i'm wondering because my personal opinion on the matter is i think that yes you obviously want to release singles that are your best work to get people hyped for the album sure. but then when you get the album and there's nothing else that matches it it's yeah. kind of a letdown and like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys think on this matter, but
0: well, sometimes um, uh, I had a conversation about this the other day where it's like, if someone's personality or even a group of people's personality kind of is persistent throughout something, um, even if it's not the best thing in the world, it still has mm-hmm. that pull that makes you kind of want to dig deeper because you feel like you're kind of understanding the personality a little bit more mm-hmm. Um but like, sometimes it doesn't work out that way, and and then you kind of end up in this situation where, as soon as you dig a little bit deeper, say with tracks that aren't the singles, you're you're kind of looking at yourself like, do I really, do I really want to go deeper? Because like, I don't think I'm super impressed. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you feel about it, Dean?
2: Uh, I like. I don't know. Like the, the singles that they put out, uh, Steph said that they were the best tracks. I I don't know because I really liked Friend of Mine, which was not a single, and right. also Identical Love, uh, m- mostly for the instrumentation, the synths and the brass. Yeah, but stuff. that was a single. Was that a single yeah, too? that was their last single that they oh. released
1: before they released the album.
2: Oh, I, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, they released that okay. one like a, well, about a month ago foiled again mm.
1: <laughs> well and my my issue too is that you know why didn't they save one of those for after they released the album mm-hmm. you know like they released the first single Ooh. on april 2nd i remember i was like oh it's a little birthday present to me <laughs> oh. um but
0: yeah what do you think they're gonna what out of all the tracks that they haven't released the singles yet i think Dean might be onto something and thinking that friend of mine would be the next single, yeah, well, yeah. I think
1: especially because it does highlight both of them a lot better than the rest of the tracks do, yeah, um, and I think that you know the fans want to see it, the fans want to see the two voices now I am we
0: do now I'm thinking about it a little bit, do you think they purposefully made this album so it wouldn't be as big of radio hits as previous
1: why why would you say that
0: why would I? Why would they do that?
1: Yeah, like, why would they do that? Why would you say that? I uh, don't I don't understand the, okay, uh, the so thought process. So
0: some bands do this, right? Where they're like, everybody wants this from me. I'm getting sick of it. I don't want to put this out anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, let's change it up completely. Let's not play what they want to hear. Let's do the opposite almost, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just wondering if, like, maybe they were sick of the old sound and wanted to just completely rewrite it or if you think that they might feel as if it's like a kind of progression, like a natural progression. Like, do you think they just wanted to go cold stop on their old stuff?
1: Well, like like we were saying before, though, like, if that's what they were trying to do, they didn't do a great job <laughs> of it, you know, because yeah. you still have... You, Governor's Shadow is very reminiscent of their old stuff. Um even you know like I said pay for it it's it's a ballad but it sounds similar to the ballads on their old records Mm -hmm. you know and they still pick out enough of the same themes right that like like I was saying before in my head they still fit under the same genre yeah you know but there's obviously you know I think the most evidence of them shifting their sound is in Champagne yeah. But again, that's, that's it. They don't yeah, have any other track. song on their album. That's even somewhat similar to that track, you know? And like I said, if they kind of played off of more what they did with Identical Love, I, I could have seen that a bit more, right? Um, where they have that more like synth heavy music, that would have been really cool. And I think that would have been more of like, hey, we're trying to shift sounds if they played up on that. But it just kind of feels like this album is too all over the place to be them being like oh i'm sick of that like our old sound i want to switch it up yeah you know it just kind of sounds like they almost were maybe maybe they were like you know i'm sick of my old sound but now they're like floating in this weird abyss you know it would have
0: been so ballsy of them to just like release a, a noise album i nowhere. <laughs> like we want to change things up a bit and it's just like trumpets like getting crunched by a hydraulic pressure or something <laughs> like that hey, cool <laughs> and then peter
1: germanis is like low growly voice on yeah. top of it yeah. <laughs> and then every once in a while leah fade like chirps up with her high higher voice yeah
0: uh, how about you dean what do you think about the the change uh i like i know you like change
2: as, as i said i believe that the third album is the point in which a band has to start to break away from uh what they sounded like before uh, because if you don't do that, then you're going to, you know, people are going to get bored of you. Uh, you're still going to have, like, yeah, diehard like fans. Yeah, just look at uh,
1: Mumford & Sons. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: people hate them.
1: Yeah, they're really boring. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh,
0: imagine Dragons. Oh, my God, no. we can't even. They just don't. took a
1: left turn downhill <laughs> yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: Uh, but, yeah, so you, you have to grow and evolve. Um, I don't. The thing about this album, though, is that I feel like it's it doesn't have like a unified idea that's working towards, uh, or like a theme that they're interested in interrogating, uh, and as I, they're trying a lot of different stuff and a lot of new stuff, but nothing nothing really has that sort of cohesion uh, to make it be like oh this is our new sound mm-hmm. yeah. These, like as you say they they. They try like some synth stuff and then they, they try like this they have the gospel stuff track, and yeah. then they have a couple tracks that are very similar to their older stuff.
1: And then a little bit of surf rock in there, yeah. <laughs> which makes so no
2: sense. So it just leaves you sort of confused.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm really excited to hear what they do next because I think whatever they do next is going to be more solidified. Mm-hmm. But also if they go by their pattern of only releasing a new album every four years, this album is not going to keep... Like me or anybody else that goes to see them live, satisfied, yeah. you know, because right. it's not enough to go off of.
0: Yeah, it'd be kind of disappointing, uh, especially with the you know mega hits that came out prior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, I can't imagine. Like there are there are some good tracks here, but I can't imagine any of them like hyping up a crowd as much as their earlier work
0: yeah yeah that stuff was that was party music yeah
1: yeah like pay for it which again is like one of my favorite songs i would hate if they opened or closed their show with that Mm -hmm. if that song's not right smack dab in the middle of their set i don't want to hear it yeah Yeah, you know and like for for a song that's supposedly one of like your better ones on the album like that should not be the case Mm -hmm. right your lead
2: single yeah
1: yeah because even like you know I don't hate a ballad that's used as an Encore as long as it's a really good one yeah. But this one I wouldn't want as an encore
0: Yeah yeah. I feel like there was, there was a lot of ballads yeah. On this like ballad style Not ballad in in uh,
1: The traditional definition Yeah, yeah. In, in,
0: in content but um, Just like The sound and the, the yeah. somberness Of it and stuff like that there was a lot mm-hmm. Like a lot more than I expected mm-hmm. From a July Talk album for sure
1: the only other track that I'd say is worth maybe mentioning is Life of the Party, because I was kind of so on the middle of that track that that one kind of encompasses exactly how I feel about this whole album.
2: Yeah, yeah, because that one doesn't have Peter on it at all. Yeah. It's only Leah.
1: But it's still, the musically-wise... Like the the instrumentation is a little bit more in line with what you'd expect from their previous stuff, mm-hmm. but I think this is the one too that sounded like it was just a drum machine.
0: It's very reminiscent of like the end of bedroom pop era indie. That kind of like people end start of yeah yeah uh, is bedroom, that over bedroom Did
1: pop indie is still in yeah. its heyday. Is, is everyone.
0: like <laughs> if like it's sort of like
2: on the the downturn in that everyone is doing it now, no, yeah. so it's it's, but, it's, the market's gonna get
0: saturated. I, what i mean is <laughs> we just like jumped all over <laughs> yeah. what i mean watch it yeah yeah hey now <laughs> my bedroom's gonna be so upset um <laughs> no i mean when i say the end of bedroom pop indie i mean indie as like independent music and, and not necessarily like studio produced i mean like 2010 ish when people started actually getting like record deals to produce albums and stuff like that so mm. it ended up sounding heavily produced and and that's okay. what that's what this sounds like it sounds like yeah you know someone just got a record deal and what they did before was like you know with a a keyboard on their bed and like a really bad microphone or something and then now they have a studio so it's kind of like got that vibe
1: yeah but if they had done that with a keyboard on their bed yeah i probably would have really liked it yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah.
0: but that's what i mean it, it becomes one of those things where it's like how much is this the producer and how much is of, of this is the mm-hmm. band?
1: Well, and that's something like it's funny that you bring up the producer because that's something that I really was thinking about while I was listening to this. That, like, I think I don't know who produced this, but it honestly, like, it kind of sounds like the, it's the producer that failed the band on this one.
0: I'm going to I'm look this up while you guys talk for a bit because cause I'm actually very interested in seeing who produced this <laughs> album. Because
1: hmm. I feel like there's like so much of this album had potential. You know, I think any issue I have with some of the songs could have been very easily remedied with just, like, throwing a guitar riff here. All right, like, yeah, how about... speed it up Like, a let's bit. just, like, have a little bit of callback from Peter. Like, mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's do this, right? Um, and that's the role of the producer, right? It's the produ- producer to step back and say, okay, what you've got here is good. How do we make it just that little bit better? Exactly. You know, and I think that it's ultimately whoever produced this, like, I really wish that they would have kind of pulled that out a little bit better yeah and again it doesn't have to necessarily mean that it goes back to what their old sound was but it just kind of pulls pulls out the more familiar elements a little bit more so that the album becomes more digestible to the old fan base you know yeah I agree I'm just mad yeah <laughs> I am the old you know fan who, base <laughs> you know who produced it who uh,
0: dr dre
1: to <laughs> <laughs> Dean your fire all
0: right it was produced by like a whole team.
1: That makes a lot of sense now.
0: Um. Wow. Okay. Uh. I'll I'll read you the names. Uh. It was produced by Burke Reed, Graham Walsh, David Plowman, and Milan Sarcadi, and all of them together have worked with Courtney Barnett, The Drones, Julia Jacklin, Holy F, which I will yeah, not pronounce. Yeah. No. Holy Graham Graham Walsh F. is yep. the
1: lead of. Holy ass. Yeah.
0: Yep. Mets, uh, Brendan Canning, Young Clancy, Michael Roll, Newt Choir, Said the Whale, and then their producer or their mixer was the guy who has mixed Beck, Cat Power, and Andy Schaff. Wow. That's a powerhouse of a team. Yeah.
1: yeah but that makes so much sense why there's no cohesion in the album. I'd be really interested to see what like songs behind- Graham Walsh produced though. Yeah. Because he did, If I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did Young Rivals' uh, second last album before they stopped touring together. Oh, really? And that album is phenomenal, but it's got like, and I mean, even with Holy F, like that is all very synth heavy music and I'd be interested to hear if he did Identical Love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah.
1: Yeah, but again, like, I'm a huge fan of his work Yeah, and I, oh my gosh, I've become everything I hate. I'm a huge fan of this producer's work. Um, <laughs> but in all honesty, like I love that kind of synth sound that he brings to the table with it. Oh, yeah, and I would have loved to hear more of that. I would be really interested if he like, he definitely, you can tell he didn't produce things like, you know, friend of mine and stuff. Yeah.
0: I wish there was um, kind of like a in the studio access that we could have seen from this album Mm -hmm. like something Mm -hmm. something where it's like the process of them recording it and just kind of seeing like the progress of how it became what it ended up uh and seeing where it might have been with the original ideas because i feel like that's a lot of big names um very well-known producers uh some of them are
1: Okay anyway, uh Graham Walsh, if you're listening to this and you could tell us what songs you produced on this album, I'd really appreciate yeah, it yeah, thanks, buddy yeah thanks, bud
0: yeah th- <laughs> thanks, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you <ya. laughs>
1: also, if you want to come on our show,
0: yeah, friend of the pod <laughs> yeah they they had quite a team I don't know Dean, have you ever gotten super into like producer side of things not No at way. All. Have no you never, never have you looked. Not, have you not thought about it much?
2: uh no not really like i know uh i can only talk about the mountain goats I'm yeah sorry. yeah i just know owen Palette produced the latest mountain goats record and it had some interesting things on it i was like cool thanks yeah. owen pallet yeah, yeah no but you know games. you've
1: got the one producer and, yeah. and that whole album has is, a cohesive sound It's very different yeah, yeah. yeah. this yeah. has four producers yeah and With a mixer. Like four different sounds
0: <laughs> yeah crazy yeah. wow okay you huh. cracked the code Yeah, all right. Folks, you heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the listening party. We crack codes. uh.
2: (laughs) But folks, uh, thank you very much for listening to listening party. Uh, Do we know what we're listening to next week?
1: I don't even know. I think we are prepping. I don't know if this will be next week, but stay tuned for it. We're prepping for a really cool special edition show where we're going to bring to you our favorite Polaris Prize nominee albums, shortlist nominee albums. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that. And if you guys have a little something some to say feel free to tell us we've got an instagram and an email wow yeah so our instagram is listening party cfrc and our email is listening party cfrc at gmail.com
0: hey yo that's called yeah. brand cohesion baby we yeah. love that and we we want to hear from you lovely folks out there Mm-hmm. bitty
2: <laughs> all right <laughs>
1: That was the most like rough ending we've ever done. Yeah,
0: well, we can redo so it. Bad. B- <laughs> I like the Badoo.